Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, the caller of the month this month will win themselves a Charmate Colt 48 smoker and barbecue thanks to Abe Living. I know a man who would make the most of that come summer days and he is with, the, with us on the phone now. Jeff Wilson, how you doing, mate? Now, how do I get become caller of the month? <laughs> well, you're on the phone now, so I, I, I think that kind of means that you're okay. I think you're in the you're, you're in the mix. I'll try and do my best work then. Yeah, yeah, all right, mate. All right, we'll we'll, we'll hold you to that. Um, 2022, Jeff. Well, you know, when you when we look back at this in the history books, it's not going to be the greatest year in, in in New Zealand rugby history. But is it as bad as maybe we were thinking it was when we lost that Irish series? Well, what it has become is, is clearly a learning experience and, and on so many fronts. And if you think about it, you have to start with the black film because you talk about you know, all this focus, all this attention that was on the All Blacks through the middle of the year and then with a little bit of time, a little bit of investment, a little bit of resource and support, all of a sudden that black film is on top of the world again. And the reason I start there is because this is what New Zealand rugby have to look at now and go, where do the opportunities lie? And after a year which has been probably as um, unsettled as it's always been on a number of fronts, there was a wonderful story that came out of it, and it's what they learned from all of this that's happened this year, right, Ricardo? All of the issues that they've had, all the challenges that they've had, all the miscommunications that have gone on uh, across the board uh, as they go into a Rugby World Cup year, and, you know, they have to they have to prepare for the future, and it appears as though at the moment uh, they're learning some pretty harsh lessons, but also some valuable lessons along the way. So it could be seen in a way, um, you know, you take, you know, you, you balance the negatives with the positives. A, a year of learning for, for NZR, particularly uh, the, the, the people at the top end, um, I guess it's just a, a wait and see if they have learned because we, we've seen mistakes been repeated in the past. It's a, uh, just a, 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 a let's see what they do next. Well, you, you think about the incredible amount of growth that's happened with inside New Zealand and the recovery from COVID. And so all of a sudden they found a whole lot of new sponsorship, a whole lot of, whole lot of new resource support. But when it comes to performance on the field, for their number one side in the men's game, the All Blacks, it hasn't quite gone to plan. But in saying that, the world landscape across all of these teams is significantly changed. We've seen Eddie Jones has lost his job. We've seen Wayne Peebles lost his job. Clearly, also in the middle of the year, it was under pressure because of a, um, a disappointing performance against the Ireland. Then losing to Argentina, they made some really difficult calls after the Irish series, and we saw a bounce back. Some different coaches come in, some different players get a chance, and we saw, you know, if, if you looked at the All Black season, had they not had the final 10 minutes against England, you would have said it had been a really good recovery from a, a tough, tough year. But look, Super Rugby is still trying to find his feet with Super Rugby Pacific. You've still got sides in that who are looking to, I suppose, establish themselves. Look, there's a lot of things that are really going on. And, you know, we've seen news in the last week in regards to the All Blacks' major sponsor, significant sponsor, is in trouble off the field. How are they going to deal with that? It doesn't get much easier. 
No, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier. We, we, we're not that far away, to be honest, from Super Rugby Pacific starting again, mate. Um, you know, that's the, the, the rugby calendar these days. What was your takeaway uh, or impression of, of, of the first season of that format? It was a great start because the Fiji and Drua and the Moana Pacifica teams came in and were very competitive right from the very, very start. They had their moments where the conditioning of the tournament uh, took, uh, took effect. All of a sudden, their lack of experience of playing back-to-back weeks against quality positions, they started to become inconsistent. But what they did show was the sign. Australia were more competitive than probably been in Super Rugby for a long, long time. But once again, it showed there's a clear gulf um, between the top New Zealand sides and the rest of the competition. So that was the first year of it. Second year, you would like to think there's going to be some adjustments from teams. They would have recruited in the off-season. But the teams have come out. Most of them have got familiar looks about them. And the other thing we have to factor in is the decisions that New Zealand rugby make around the players they think are in contention for the All Blacks in the Rugby World Cup. I'd like to think that we're not going to see a compromised Super Rugby Pacific next year. Everyone's available. Everyone has to prove themselves. Everyone has to perform before they worry about selection for the national side. Yeah, 100%, 100% agree with you, mate. Uh, uh, getting uh, word, I don't know if this is news to you, probably not. You tend to be have your finger on the pulse, but uh, uh, it seems like uh, Scott Robertson is committed to, to next season because there was some talk about him being poached by England rugby. That has got to be uh, a, you know, good news for the Crusaders and for the competition as well. Uh, I guess it's just a matter of wait and see what it means maybe for that All Blacks job after the World Cup. Well, the, the, the interesting part about all of this is the decision-making of Ian Foster and what Fozzie decides he's going to do post-Rugby World Cup. And he probably has to decide that now. He has to talk to New Zealand rugby about what his future lies, because, his future lies because, like you say, there's going to be a lot of quality rugby coaches who are looking post-Rugby World Cup next year. And look, I'm not surprised if England go in another direction um, because trying to make significant changes nine months out and, and Scott Robinson would have to do... He'd have to turn something on its head, and he's going to make significant changes wherever he goes, whether it's the All Blacks, whether it's England rugby, whether it was possibly in, in Wales, whatever happened. Of course, Warren Gatlin's out there now, and don't, don't, don't discount the fact that he might be looking post-2023 in other countries as well. Um, so oh, I'm not surprised by this. I think Razor's you know, um, waited his time now. He's bided his time, and I think New Zealand rugby will be having conversations about look, will we want to have these conversations in the next nine months about our future? And, and uh, they've already indicated that, you know, they'd, they'd like to get moving on this. And I don't think you can wait. Amy Joseph, Tony Brown, they could be in, in the picture as well. Yeah, 100%, mate. Uh, yeah, and it's a great point you make because that's what happened last time. You know, we, I think, got to the end of the uh, end of the last World Cup and went, OK, and the cupboard was reasonably bare. Everybody else was committed. Um, so they can't uh, I, I afford to make that mistake again. Um, do you, how much do you think is to do with what Fozzie wants to do and how much is it to do with what NZR want to do? Because, you know, we've all heard the stories that after that first loss in South Africa, uh, Scott Robertson was told to... Get your team together. Yeah, look, and, and they were looking at performance. And, and the reality is, at the international level, incredibly difficult and challenging. And Ian Foster had a plan. Um, look, it was, it was an unusual series, the Irish series. I must admit, if you think about the second test uh, and the players you can have available in the third test, they just weren't able to go out and perform the way they would like to have performed. And, you know, I think he understood why 
the pressure was on because you know your expectations are to go out and win when you're 12 months away. People were asking questions, and then he went out and delivered. And if you think about what he did do, he delivered the rugby championship. He delivered the Bledisloe Cup once again, and by that last 10 minutes against England, the Northern Hemisphere tour exposed new players, and he got some strong performances out of the side. And and under duress against a good Scottish side, a good Scottish side in Edinburgh, that Northern Hemisphere tour was not a cakewalk. That was not an easy thing to go through. And look, uh, disappointingly for him, the last 10 minutes almost, I suppose, reflected his season, defined his season, and now he's having to look at Super Rugby and go, you know, these guys have got to go out and prove themselves once again. Once, I, I certainly believe that the challenge is still there for him, but I like in some ways what happened this season because... This squad has faced some serious adversity. Uh, one of the things that you touched on earlier, um, Goldie, was you know the the women's team, uh, the Black Ferns, doing so well that World Cup. I mean, they went over and beyond my expectations, particularly after you know the Northern Tour that we'd seen last year and how much they'd actually been able to achieve in between times with Wayne Smith. They had great things, but I guess commercially is the other thing. Uh, you alluded to it. I think they managed to achieve things with that, those free to air games on on uh, TV three um, that they in terms of numbers and on terms of audience attracting female eyeballs to the game that they'd not been able to do with the All Blacks. So um, that was a win for NZR as well. Was that, do you think, the highlight of the rugby calendar for you for 2022? Yeah, in terms of the numbers, you know, I'd be interested in in, in that because, like you say, Freedom is certainly a completely different beast, but when the All Blacks were going through their toughest times, the numbers of people watching were remarkable. People were back up in the middle of the night wanting to see what happened in South Africa because they didn't want to wait. So the fact the All Blacks were losing, the interest, and if you think about the media attention and everything, it went through the roof. But there's no doubt the Black Ferns campaign, and it was a Rugby World Cup and our own shores, that was one very, very affordable, was one incredibly entertaining. And it was a ride that we could go on, right? And look, I was in the Northern Hemisphere at the time, and, and we were on that ride over there, and it was a remarkable, remarkable performance. But my concern, and it, the concern I have is where the investment in that game goes and at what level it was. Because I'd like to think that it starts from the bottom up. You start investing in the bottom and grow the sport and, and don't get too top-heavy too quickly, you know? And if they do that right, it's got longevity and... You know, uh, if, if you think about the Rugby World Cup in itself, France, England and, and New Zealand, the Black Ferns, were the three teams that were vying for it. And, and the Rugby World Cup in 2023 in France, oh, you just don't know. There's probably seven or eight sides, if they get some momentum, could go on to win the tournament. So two vastly different tournaments, but I know New Zealand rugby now has to have a plan for both campaigns going forward and where the games go. Yeah, yeah, they do. 100% they do. Um, when you talk about investing from the bottom up, are you talking Farah Palmer? Are you talking below that? I kind of, in terms of making the, the Black Ferns stronger in the long term, I uh, think that uh, Super Rugby Alpeki needs to be, you know, longer a longer season than it is. Yeah, and, and that's the challenge, right? There's so many layers and levels, and it's working out exactly how you establish. And, and having fully professionals or semi-professional players is fantastic. But in the end, does that create a bigger golf to the ones at the layer below it, say Farah Palmer Cup? And the other side of it is, are they investing enough in the coaching? Are they investing enough in the recruitment at a lower level to keep players in the game? There are a lot of unions out there that don't have senior competitions. They just have 
a team in the FPC. It's a matter of finding a way to engage. It's a matter of and whether or not that actually goes through sevens, not necessarily a thing. It's getting the balance right, and to me, it's actually about the resource and support. It's giving them the coaching expertise, the management and training expertise to actually advance everybody that wants to get involved in the game. To me, focusing on just the very, very top. Mm, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all develops. Um, Mark Robinson's come under uh, the microscope a lot. Uh, he's copped a lot of sticks. So have the board uh, around a, a bunch of things um, around the governance of the game. Uh, do you think he's the right man for the job long term? Well, if you're talking about someone who's been through adversity and would have learned a lot from this year, Mark would be that certain person. But I think reality is you've got to look across the whole organisation and all of a sudden, remembering the amount of significant investment I was talking about earlier on, mm. the management and understanding of delivering on that, to delivering to major sponsors or investing, you know, not just what, a million dollars, they're talking tens of millions or hundreds of millions. All of a sudden, New Zealand Rugby is having to learn in this space about how to service all of that by the same time remembering the one thing that's really important here is rugby's a sport. This is a sporting organisation. There's an element of business to it, clearly, which is really important. And contracting players and keeping players in New Zealand and understanding the balancing and balancing across the game. But I think that's where Mark Robinson and his board will look at this year and go, you know what, there's a number of areas, and I've admitted this, that they probably could have done a little bit better. They have to now to deliver that in, in the next year, and they've made changes on the board already. So across the, across the organisation... I think 2023 is going to be a telling year for Mark and his team. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I do wish them all the best. Mm. I do wish them a couple of weeks off in summer to yeah. take a breath, uh, to regroup, because it's been a really challenging and difficult year. But they have had, like I was going to say, the Black Spoons have been and given them a light to look at and go, you know what, they should be incredibly proud of that what they, and what they achieved. Looking forward to 2023, Jeff. What are you most looking forward to, and what are your expectations? Oh, the Rugby World Cup is going to be something special. It really is. Um, when the number one team in the world, which is France right now, is going to go in heavily favoured at home and expected to perform an, a, 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 um, a country that's never won a Rugby World Cup has been on the precipice. We felt it in 2011. If you look at the performances through this year, we've got something, and we've just experienced the Football World Cup that has had its surprises, and we're going to get that next year. We're going to have a tournament which, in a quarterfinal, you're going to have Ireland, you're going to have South Africa, you're going to have the and you're going to have, what's the other one? France. It's going in. Ireland, so France. The four teams in the quarterfinals, in two quarterfinals. It's going to be something special. So I'm looking forward to that. I think, you know, it's going to be a remarkable tournament hosted in a remarkable country. And and then it's, it's really uh, where... Um, Super Rugby Pacific for me gets to and what they take it to and how they engage with their fans how they bring an excitement back into that um, that tournament I think those are the two things uh, I'm really really looking forward to yeah. uh, are, you, are you more or less confident now about the All Blacks chances at the World Cup than you were say this time last year uh, that's a great question what I have seen and, and I've, I've I've seen a significant shift in the All Blacks this year and they've made some tough, tough decisions and I've seen some young men come in and really thrive and it's a, like a, a Fletcher Newell. It's like um, Tyrell Lomax, uh, Simasone Tokiaho. But we've also seen 
guys rediscover form. We started to see the best out of Sam Whitelock again. Tony Taylor finished the season really strongly. Uh, I really like what Scott Barrett, Brody with Alex. Notice how I'm talking about the tight five? Mm. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> you know? That's what gives me greater confidence now. Because we saw our tight five, I believe, and go up against anybody and not just hold our own, but dominate from time to time. And to me, that gives me greater optimism for next season. Yeah, uh, you, you, you're hearing from a, a, a former former fullback talking about tight five. Uh, we love to hear that. Hey, Jeff, thanks very much for, for coming on today, mate. Uh, enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your time with your family, and uh, hopefully we can uh, we can we can talk some some Highlanders with you again next year, eh? Oh, look, I, I really do look forward to it. I'm at the Howard swimming pool right now. I've got the kids; they're swimming away. There's an outdoor pool. Is about. 12, 14 kids in the outdoor pool. There's about 30 or 40 in the indoor. Beautiful sunny day. That's what Christmas is all about, right? Mate, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Enjoy it, mate. Slip, slop, slap. Have a great Christmas, eh? Cheers, Ricardo. You too.